This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. Anytime that you can be on the receiving side of a service that is important to you, paying attention to what that feels like and why it feels that way. But I kind of love and relish the concept of like working with someone, like what you're trying to get out of them is that authenticity. You can have a client who is down for all the posing and all of that, but then when it comes to the candid moment, I mean, they, they might just not have that presence. You can't fake or direct that. How can someone become a better listener? It's really, it's just being present, putting yourself in their shoes and being really aware of, you know, how loud are you speaking? How much are you speaking? Like, what energy are you, are you bringing? Are you stressed out? Are you running late? Like, don't bring that into the room. Don't bring that in front of your client. Like you said, read the room. That's like half the job, I feel like. Wedding filmmakers spend so much of their time trying to make good films and so little of their time trying to understand the people they're working with. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. Again, my name is Jared Haskell and I'm here with in studio with Jason McCutcheon, uh, co-host, business partner. Welcome to another great episode. We have an awesome guest for you today, someone that we've been trying to get on for a long time and she's just so busy and so good that uh, we, we've uh, finally been able to squeeze her in. And um, uh, But before that, Jason, uh, why don't you do some housekeeping things uh, to start us off. Okay. So first and foremost, um, hopefully you're enjoying, we're doing weekly releases now. So if you didn't know that, we're doing weekly podcast releases from now on. We're going to be doing our very, very best. If you are listening to this though, we do have a um, YouTube channel called The Wedding Film School Show. If you'd rather, for some weird reason, actually watch us do this, or maybe you're just a YouTube person. You're at your desk, you have YouTube playing, whatever it is, we try to kind of be there. So definitely, we'd love to see you over there um, on YouTube. And like, the biggest thing for like, if you're doing podcasting, like, most people, we're not making tons of money on a podcast. So all we ask out of people is, hey, if you enjoy this, and you enjoy this show, give us five stars if you if we've earned your five stars. And let people know that it's quality and good. And then like that to us means the world because we want to be providing value to you. And and we need to know, hey, did, was this valuable? That helps us know. So we just want to be providing, I think, wedding filmmaking education and maybe a little more nuance, a little bit of a different way. I feel like our guest today, though, is a perfect um, person to kind of bring bridge that gap, right? Because I remember um, meeting Peyton in 2019 at Vision Quest. That was like, seems like a lot of things started there. A lot of relationships, a lot of, it's like a really interesting event, right? And a yep. lot of people like either at the t tippy top or like at the, right before they kind of launched, right? And I remember meeting her and she afterwards, like she was like talking about, she posted a video in the, in the group for the Vision Quest group. And it was like <laughs> this video of like a party she did. And I was like, I think I remember saying to Jared like, oh, uh, she's a she's a good editor or something or like wow she did a good job that was like really great for somebody like I don't know how far in she was in the in the industry yet but I remember thinking like she's gonna do well okay and then suddenly 
she's painting Frank and it's a whole other thing. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of undersold that one. <laughs> so anyway, our guest today is Payne Frank. So how you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. 2019 feels like a lifetime ago for me. I'm sure it's the same for you. So I'm I'm excited to be here on the other side of things and excited to get into it. Yeah, it's fun to watch people like develop and grow. Like not it's weird because like I have no part in your journey whatsoever. But I was like, I feel like when like if you were at that event and like I felt like some pride in your success, right? Like I feel like I kind of shared in it, even though it wasn't part of me at all. I was like, oh, I, that was awesome. Like I got to see that before it was, you know? Thank you. That yeah. means a lot. And and it's like, it's fun going to like Vision Quest and we usually go to WPPI every year, aren't going this year, but like meeting people. And when you meet people, you're just like, that's a nice person. Like I really like these people. Never looked at their work whatsoever. And then when you finally see your work, you're like, oh, shoot, I should have felt so much smaller around this person. <laughs> no. I should have been like a little I bit more humble and just shut up. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. And, and you know, you were definitely one of those people. I was like, oh, shit, Peyton's work is so good. And like I had no idea just like hanging out, talking and like group settings to everybody. You kind of just assume everyone's there to like learn and grow and you know every at these things everyone's at these like different stages of their their business and just you know well it just goes to show you know be nice to everyone totally <laughs> so, totally but anyway Peyton why don't you tell everybody about yourself and about like your work and kind of your brand yeah so I have been in the wedding industry for 10 years I started out as um, an intern and working for a wedding planner in college and then got into video have been doing video for like six to seven years um, so I have a really deep understanding of the wedding industry and from a planner's perspective and vendor's perspective, I've worked for florist and calligraphers and kind of like everything in between before really getting into video. Um, now I specialize in, in, you know, high-end destination events, multi-day weddings um, and events with um, some of the most incredibly talented planners and photographers um, that you can work with. And um, yeah, I live in Austin, Texas, previously was in Dallas, Fort Worth, but um, have called Austin home for about a year and a half, two years. That's great. So one of the things I think that when, one of the first things I, I noticed when I started to see like, because we talked about your journey a little bit, is like at some point you started to, I don't really know when, what was the chicken and the egg in the scenario, but you started to do a lot of stuff with KT Mary. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, it's on. Like 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 to me in the, the industry, there's a few photographers who are like kingmakers, right? Yeah. And she's one of them. Like if you if you get into that circle, you create a certain brand for yourself and like that kind of um, lift just starts to happen. Tell everybody a little bit about like, because I think one of the things people miss, because I even see people all the time, the adversarial relationships they get with these photographers and these people. Mm -hmm. And it's such a missed opportunity. And so I always want to educate people like, be nice to everyone, especially photographers and planners. Um, and you might, you know, who knows what that can mean for you. How did that kind of become like a really fruitful collaboration for you? Yeah, I think this is a great story. So I'm glad that you're asking about it. Um, I met KT in 
I mean, it was in the pandemic, either like late 2020, maybe September of 2020. Um, and I had connected with a planner um, previously at the end of 2019 or early 2020 before the pandemic, Amanda Slater outside of Colorado, um, she or outside of Denver, she had kind of approached me and she was like, hey, I'm going to do this, you know, editorial for my brand. Katie's going to shoot it. We're going to do it in Jackson Hole at Amangani. I'd love for you to film it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I love your work. I love Katie's work. I would love to, you know, go to that gorgeous destination with you and, and collaborate on something for her brand. Um, so I kind of just assumed like it's happening. Great opportunity. Well, then we get closer to, to when that's going to happen. And Amanda emails me and she's like, hey, KT, you know, needs to kind of see more of your work, like talk to you a bit before we can like make this go forward. And I was confused because I felt like, well, you're the planner. I'm like, this is your shoot. Like you're making the decision. Right. And and kind of was like, oh, OK, well, like KT wants to have a lot of creative input on who she's working alongside. So I, I was kind of like, OK, stakes are, you know, a little higher. Like it's just like not a done done deal. So um, KT reached out. We kind of exchanged some work and she said that something that she was really hoping for on on this project was some behind the scenes content. Um, she has a really great educational program called the Abundance Plan and some other um, you know, educational opportunities. Um, but she really needed behind the scenes content and this wasn't something she had done um a ton of. So she reached out, she was like, Do you have any examples of of work like this? And I had a few like behind the scenes of like a bridal lookbook that I'd shot in Dallas and I had worked with the photographer Jose Villa on a real wedding in 2019. And I had gotten a few clips of him just in the, you know, bridal suite and throughout the wedding, a few by accident. And I, uh, I was like, oh, this is great footage of Jose. I'm going to put together like a little 60 second clip. And and so I had that, that I was able to share KT. And I'm and, sorry to interrupt, but did you send that yeah. to Jose? Uh, yeah, Jose had had that. And okay. so, um, you know, that was just kind of like social media content. Um, and so I sent this stuff over to KT and, you know, this was just pretty B-roll stuff that I was sending her. And she was really looking for, like, behind the scenes, like, educational content. And I was like, you know, KT, like, I haven't done this before, but I would love to do it. Like, here are my ideas. Here, Here's how I would approach it and and really, you know, pitch myself for it. Um, and uh, so she said, okay, great. I, I put a lot of time and you know, thought into going into this editorial shoot. Um, you know, we had like a few models, some incredible fashion. Gabrielle Hurwitz was um, the bridal fashion stylist, great dresses. Um, so I was going into it to capture, you know, this this content for Amanda and for all of us, but also this behind the scenes of KT and her husband and business partner, Chad, Um so, I mean, I showed up with like a full shot list, all of the questions I wanted to ask her, like all the different things that I needed, you know, to make it like a 20, 30 minute runtime and um, really just worked really, really hard on on, on it when I was there um, to great, great footage and, you know, in between like looks, even though I was tired or like needed to review footage or whatever, I'd be like, okay, no, I'm going to You didn't just go sit in the spa? Yeah. <laughs> Tempting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll, I'll take KT over here and we'll do this little quick interview. And, um, you know, just did all this like prep work and production work. And then I got home and I spent 
all of my time editing this, you know, really doc style behind the scenes content. It's something to this day I'm I'm still super, super proud of um, just because I, I put a lot of effort into it and it was something brand new, which, you know, for me, like I love doing things that are new. I love a creative challenge and and that really appealed to me. And and then meeting KT and seeing how she works, she's very focused. Like there there is a reason why she is the best of the best. And and she has just years of experience and varied experience. And she's a very smart um, just hardworking, talented, creative artist and, and business person. And that really, really just resonated with me and someone who I really look up to. So, um, you know, I was able to kind of shape this behind the scenes to look like, you know, what I thought that it should look like and what I thought, you know, people would get the most out of. And, um, I, I think it's, you know, such a good representation of how she works from the scouting to the shooting to the post process. Um, and, you know, kind of over delivering for her and going above and beyond of just, you know, creating behind the scenes. Like I really, approached it like it, it was a doc for Netflix or something like I was like this is this is it like this is the KT behind the scenes so that that really um it, it landed with her like she she saw the effort that I put in and she saw that I wasn't taking this lightly and I I treated her as my my client so um our relationship just just went from there nice so many good pieces of advice in there that that you're just telling your story but so many things i think that wedding filmmakers can take away uh first of all just hearing about kt and kind of putting myself in her shoes about like she is at the top of of the industry when it comes to photography mm -hmm. like she is somebody who needs to just know who she's working with to a t because the people that she has around her affects her work at the end of the day yeah and absolutely. if her work is affected like it could go downhill or uphill like so competitive at the top of the industry so many awesome photographers that it's like the smallest little thing can affect like a relationship with a planner potentially like and then it could fall back on the videographer so so important um guys to put yourself in the mind of the photographer that you're trying to get work with and partner with um and i th i think it's so funny that she puts you through the ringer for a stylized shoot that I, I yeah would assume that you're doing a lot of this as a labor of love to just break into the industry, uh, but she put you through it and and well deserved on the other end. So. Well, you know the thing I'm thinking, Peyton, is like, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've seen this or whatever, but I see it a lot where essentially filmmakers bristle at being little brother. Yeah, and I'm always like, that's how the industry is, though. Like planner photographer me somewhere down here it's like and it doesn't mean like i'm a crappy artist or anything like it's just like the chain of command slash who you know i'm interested to like like it's interesting to me that you were just like no i'm gonna work for this client my, the photographer and not like no i'm gonna oh i'm an artist too kt how, how dare you <laughs> Ooh, you have to vet me like like why do you think photographer like filmmakers just like can't get over that kind of thing. You know, I think we forget, it's easy to forget as a creative that this is a collaborative industry. It's a collaborative craft, 
no matter what level of, you know, or, or what spectrum of the film industry you're working in, it's collaborative. And I think it's easy to lose sight of that and, you know, to feel like you're this artist and, and making, you know, your name on your own. And that's just not how it is. Um, whether you're working in, in the film industry or you're working in, um, live event production, it's collaborative. So, um, you know, with KT, she, she had to vet and make sure that this was a collaborator who could be valuable on her team and, and, and not just, you know, meet the standard of her work, but also work to elevate it. Mm. And, you know, I got to give her a lot of creative ideas. I got to show her what a behind the scenes could look like when she came to me and she said, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how long it's going to be or, you know, the runtime or, you know, what, what it's going to be like, but this is my goal. And she was able to hand over a lot of that creativity to me so we could be collaborators and, um, I think that you just have to come into any event, any project with that collaborative uh, approach. Um, and the more that you're a good collaborator, the more that people are going to want, want to work with you and the better all of our work is going to be. Yeah. Looking to add value, right? Is like in every environment you're in is like the other day I'm at a wedding and I walk and I'm like, that DJ can't be there. So I go to the planner. I'm like, I think you might want to look at this. And they're like, oh, shoot. 100%. Thank you. Right. I, we had a planner on a couple of weeks ago, luxury planner. She's like, I'm looking for people on my team who will help me roll the tent down when it's raining. Right. Just it's collaborative. It's not yeah. about you at some like at some level. It's just like, can you be a part of the team? Right. So yeah. Yeah. something that I'm noticing, Peyton, is like how into luxury weddings you are like I'm, I'm picking up that, you know, exactly who's in the industry, who's at the top of the top, whether it's like the dress, you know, designer, whether it's the planner, whether it's, um, you know, whoever in, in these stages, you know, the right people. Um, do you feel like you were into it and you knew the, the, uh, kind of leading players before you broke into the industry? Have you always been that way? And, and, uh, do you, do you find there there's importance in that once you break into that industry? I think it just comes from being in the industry for a long time and, and paying attention to the work that people are doing to, you know, previously, of course, publications, now more so social media. It's just understanding, like, who's who. Of course, I can't, I can't know everyone. Um, there are so many amazing, talented people. But, yeah, like, if, if you know, if that's where you want to work, I think you do need to know what it is um, and know what it is to even decide if that's, that is where you want to work. For me, it was just you know, a, a genuine interest and in genuinely following people whose work resonated with me and who were doing things that I found interesting. Um, you know, I think that there was, you know, a, a part, um, a point in my career was like, I don't really want to do weddings if, if I'm continuing on the same path and continuing to do the same, same sort of thing. But, um, it was when I got to a level of working with, um, you know, this next level of, of collaborators and creatives who were doing something just over the top that really kind of kept me interested. I'm, you know, someone who, who likes new challenges and, and new things. And I think that that kind of satisfied my need, but, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, just keeping up with, with the industry and, and all of that, if that's something that interests, interests you, then, then yeah, it's important. At least in your local market, like, even if, even if you don't have aspirations and I, you know, we talked before and I think like you kept saying, well, you know, what's interesting to me and what's interesting to this part, like kind of like 
that's a big thing for a lot of us is well, what's interesting to you? Like what yeah. will keep you committed? Yeah. Right? Cause it takes total commitment. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do this, it's going to take your heart and your soul and you know, may, you know, hopefully you rest, but also at the end of the day, still you're leaving it on the table. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to be interested. So one of the things I know you're interested in and in looking at your work and you're talking about magazines is kind of editorial. You like mm-hmm. fashion, you like the beauty industry, like dresses, uh, like all of that is just coming through yeah. in what you do. And so obviously you're involved in editorial. You're also involved in weddings. Um, I, like, and I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I look at your work and I'm like, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> like between which one is an editorial styled, which one is a wedding. Um, that's a game we should have played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think that's intentional, right? And I think that's part of the magic. And so I've always said, thought like, I wonder what she's learning from this environment that's being brought into a real wedding with a real bride. And like maybe what can we give a listener to like maybe kind of, elevate those sessions because everybody wants to look like a model right every bride wants to feel like they're in a magazine and feel beautiful so I feel like kind of there's some crossover there yeah totally I uh, you know I just have that interest in in fashion and and all of that but um you know I've had these great opportunities to film you know whether it's a bridal lookbook or an editorial that a that a planner was was passionate about um bringing together a photographer um, I've had these opportunities and I think that that absolutely relates to and crosses over with how I approach weddings. Um, I absolutely love portraits and fashion and I always want to know what a, a client is wearing and kind of what their vision is is for that and bringing that um, through on the day. And, and, you know, if a client in the consult or the planner relays to me, you know, this client really was drawn to the way you capture things so editorially, then I'm going to make note of that and and know, you know, okay, she really wants this type of imagery that she's seeing, you know, this fashion forward imagery or, you know, this big focus on the dress. Um, but that's not to say that I don't have clients who come to me and say, I, I just want a candid day and I love the way you see the world, but I don't want to be bothered to pose. I don't mm. want to do any of that. And and I can absolutely do you find adapt like, to that. Like, like when you're, when you're like kind of switching styles, Right. Like, like how does that, like that, um, posing methodology work its way into a couple? Cause most of us are probably working with people more of the latter, more, more like, Hey, just stay out of my way or I'm uncomfortable on camera. Like, do you find that like, even with those couples, you're able to kind of use some of the tricks to kind of pull the best out of them? Yeah, I I think, it. you know, you really just have to be very attuned to who that client is and what they want in their final product Mm -hmm. and also in what they want their experience to be on their wedding day and balancing that. Um, For example, I had a client that I think of right off the top of my head who had incredible fashion, who hired a photographer who's very uh, much has a candid approach to photography. And, um, you know, we were shooting couples portraits and... I could tell everything's going to look amazing on photo, but it's just a a little disconnected, a little bit awkward on video. And I was like, this client is not going to be happy with this finished product unless I step in and I get what I need. So I told the photographer, hey, you're not going to be into this, but I need a few things. I need them kind of like walking and smiling, whatever. I'm going to have to step in and direct a little bit more for just a few minutes and, you know, whatever, change your batteries, do whatever if you're not into it. But I just have to do this. And I knew, you know, I had six 
60 seconds. I knew the groom wanted to get to the party. I knew he was uncomfortable in front of the camera, but I knew I had to deliver what they had seen in my work. So it just comes from experience of, of working with models, mm-hmm. of working with clients, of brides, of I know that in product because I've edited so many films and I know what what looks good and what doesn't and what I can work with and and how much time I need. And, and you know, you just step in and you just ask for what you know you need for the sake of the client. Um, yep. You know, if it's a client who I, I had a client in, in 2019 who said, we just want a candid approach. They hired a candid photographer. They said, we don't want to know that you're there. Like literally don't want to know that you're there. I didn't say anything except for hello and goodbye to that client on their wedding day. And and she had incredible fashion and I didn't step in. I, I captured it um, at how I could and I knew she was going to be happy with that. Um, but you just have to be really attuned. I knew with that client, you know, there were moments where it's like, I really want to step in. I want to direct this moment. I want to pull her away from the party. But that that wouldn't have been acceptable or, or, or appropriate for that client. Well, um, so you just have to, to really, really listen and really, really understand like their needs and their expectations for their wedding weekend experience and for their wedding film and balance that. Well, and also it's like, what is the actual win here? Is the win make a film that I like or make someone happy? It's always make a film that the client wants. (laughs) Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I think losing sight of that is going to create tension and reduce your impact. And like, if the, this is what people don't, you're mentioning what's funny is like we run a very different business, but there's a lot of similarities that I think successful people do. And Jared and I would be like, well, don't do that. The photographer's going to tell on you. Like that's what we would tell our team. Like, don't do that. If that, if that photographer said, or if that couple's like, don't do this, I don't want it. And then you force them to do it. The photographer could go to the planner and be like, don't work with that person. They disrespected Mm -hmm. the client. And like Mm -hmm. people need to understand, like it's all collaborative. It's, it goes all back to that thing is like, we're all working to give this couple the experience that they want. Right. And so, you know, you take your L's sometimes, sometimes you don't get the exact film you love, but, but you, you more often than not, you'll get something good that you can use somewhere in your portfolio. And like, um, I I thought you were going to say, you know, there are a lot of similarities in the luxury space and, you know, kind of more normal, just country club weddings and that every groom likes to drink at the cocktail bar. <laughs> that too. <laughs> no matter where you are, that's the story. <laughs> every, well, here's what I do find, Peyton, is every groom thinks they don't want to be on camera and oftentimes they actually like it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's the same for every, every client, you know, some, some couples are very used to being in front of the camera, but most couples, even if they are used to it, they're nervous on their wedding day. It's, it's high pressure, it's high expectations, and they're very attuned to your energy, the energy of the photographers, the planners. So a lot of it is just kind of picking up on, you know, their headspace and, and how they're feeling. And then, you know, being really mindful of you and your team and how you're approaching the wedding day to make this a, a positive environment, not just for their experience, but because all of that energy is going to show up on camera, as we know. And mm-hmm. and you just have to take responsibility for the part that you play in creating that environment. Anytime I've worked with models, like, you know, there's, you know, obviously some are better than others, but in general, like there's a, they're doing their job. You know, you get them on camera, half the time you barely need to do anything. Right. You just point your camera and tell them what you're looking for and they'll just do it. You know, 
that's great. It's nice. It's easier to get good images. But I kind of love and relish the concept of like working with someone who's giving you like what you're trying to get out of them is that authenticity. Yeah. And like that's the beauty of what's on camera, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I was going to say, you know, on the flip side, you can have a client who is down for all the posing and all of that. But then when it comes to the candid moments or the dancing or any of that, I mean, they, they might just not have that presence um, and that chemistry and, and, you know, it's just, it's just not there. So, uh, you know, when that comes through and, and a client's really connected to their friends and family and, and their, um, you know, partner, like that comes through and that shines through and, and you can't, you can't fake or direct that. Um, it just is what it is. So, so when you're working with brides and grooms and, and, and different clients, right, how can someone become a better listener? You know, you've, you've mentioned so much of like, like, essentially, you know, empathy, listening, feeling it out. Like, like how can a filmmaker become a better listener so that they have a better sense of all these things on the wedding day? And they're not kind of tone deaf, I guess is what I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, this can start, you know, in the booking process. If I'm having a consultation with the actual client or with the planner, I'm taking notes on everything that they tell me, you know, even the smallest things, because you're going to want to go back and review that um, going into the wedding day or into the wedding weekend. I think that, you know, if, if you're getting the client, you know, face to face on a Zoom call or, um, you know, whatever your booking process is asking questions that, um, you know, really draw out certain things that you're going to want to pay attention to. You know, I always ask them to just tell me their vision for the wedding day and, you know, what, what are they most looking forward to? And, um, you know, sometimes that's them walking down the aisle or the first dance or moment with their mom and, and the getting ready sweet or it's a detail or it's their dress. Like you just have to pick up on, on these things and take, take note of them um, and, and review that ahead of time um, and just give that a little extra special attention. And then on the wedding day, it's really, it's just being present. It's being quiet <laughs> and listening and kind of listening to their emotional cues of how they're feeling. Um, but I think it's just like, it's so important to be really, really aware um, and be able to read the room that you're in. Um, you know, like, eh, have you ever showed up and and you can tell there's kind of a tense emotional moment uh -huh. and then a vendor shows up and they're talking and they're making jokes and they're chatting with people. And it's like, not right now. <laughs> like you read the room right now. Um, you know, or sometimes you have a client who is nervous and that is what they need. They need someone who can come in and, and liven up the room and, and bring in the energy, but you, you don't know until you give it time to really be attuned. Um, so just paying attention and, and putting yourself in their shoes and being really aware of, you know, how loud are you speaking? How much are you speaking? Like what energy are you, are you bringing? Are you stressed out? Are you running late? Like, don't bring that into the room. Don't bring that in front of your client. Yeah. So important. It's such a big deal. And so many things that you can just learn from being an emotionally intelligent person, right? Just like, like you said, read the room. That's like half the job, I feel like. Well, f wedding totally. filmmakers spend so much of their time trying to make good films and so little of their time yeah. 
trying to understand the people they're working just with. being like techie just being like oh yeah, I need, yeah, if no, i like just make you know if i just do this color correction better i'll get higher paying jobs like it's, it's a like, purely <laughs> mechanical transaction like, yes you would be shocked maybe you wouldn't <laughs> but a lot of people would be shocked how many people do not even look up the people they're collaborating with the day of before they show up yeah uh, and i want to speak on that too you know not only look them up but reach out to them yes. yeah. um a photographer is you're both essentially extensions of each other's team from a guest experience or a client's pr experience perspective yes. you are the same team they don't know they just see yeah. that you have a camera um so you're all one team and and you really need to be able to collaborate and work together to communicate your needs ahead of time to you know let them know of anything that that might be unique about your process go ahead and communicate that you know of course like respectfully and and you know uh, ask them as well like how you know how do you like to work and how can i make this wedding day easier for you but I I think it's absolutely essential to not just look those people up and get a sense of their style, but also ask them, you know, if there's anything that you need to know or or they want to communicate to you ahead of time and, and also establish, you know, how should we communicate throughout the wedding day to make adjustments or to communicate our needs um, to each other throughout the day. Yeah, literally, like I ask people, would you like me to text you? Or do you not want that? That's a great one. Right. Like I'll say something like, oh, like certain people you might have a relationship with. So I'll say, hey, you had a uh, engagement session with this couple. How do they like to interact physically? Yeah. How do they like, like, like how, what are we trying to accomplish? Oh, they don't like to touch each other. They're very awkward. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, like I'll keep that in my mind, right? For the whole, and it's not just like making the, making the photographer feel comfortable. I'm thinking like, I'm going to be missing things from this film that I normally would have. Yeah. So I have to compensate in other areas. And I, yeah. I think about like, what are some ways that people can learn that without just experiencing it for years and years and years? And like, how can you walk into a room without just having to, uh, and understand that without shooting? I don't know. I, 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 I don't films. know if there's any shortcuts. <laughs> I don't know. I think that one thing, you know, that is a practice that I, I, I like to do is just paying attention whenever you know, we're providing a service to a client on, on a really important day, on a day that they're, you know, paying us a lot of money. They're paying a lot of money for this, this party, this experience. But anytime that you can be on the receiving side of a service that is important to you, paying attention to what that feels like and mm. why it feels that way. Um, so for me, I love to go to a spa day um, and I've been to, you know, different ones or, or received, you know, an experience from different people and, and you pick up on the smallest things and, um, you know, you realize that it really is those small things that take an experience from average to extraordinary. Um, you know, my boyfriend and I, we just did an incredible two week vacation in Hawaii. Part of it, you know, we went um, to an island, uh, Kauai with his parents and stayed in Airbnb and, you know, just booked some some different activities and, and stuff. But then after that, we went to a, a different island and we stayed at a really, really nice resort that my, my travel planner um, arranged for us. And, you know, we paid a lot of money for food and, and the spa services were more expensive than anything else. But, you know, you just saw 
that level of service like come through and we loved it. Like it was so, it was so, you know, life-changing and, and so what we needed. And you could really tell, you know, with someone who works at the spas concierge or this, you know, resorts concierge, it differed a lot from like the Airbnb host, how they interacted <laughs> with us or our next island. We went to just kind of like a standard hotel, you know, that level of service, like how mm-hmm. they spoke to us and, and, and it's just those little things. So whatever it is, like maybe, you know, go find dining or something like that and just pay attention. And you'll also be more attuned to to when something's off. Um, you know, there was a day where we were at this resort and we were working from our laptops and, um, you know, the woman who was making coffee, she was speaking really loudly and she was talking about what she was going to do that weekend and like not in a snotty way, but just in an observant way. I was like, I don't think she's going to be here much longer. Like you you can't talk that loudly and you can't talk about what you're doing this weekend at this resort where, you know, people are coming for their honeymoons or they're coming to get away from their super high stress, important jobs. Like they're expecting the best of the best. And, you know, something as simple as, as that, like it impacted my experience and, and, you know, someone's going to notice that and, and they're not going to be a good fit there anymore. If you have no sense or palate for luxury, you're going to have a hard time selling luxury. And I always tell people, it's like, you need to know how to speak their language. You need to know how they're, what fonts they look at. What are the colors that they look at? Like every single part of that experience, like listening to that person starts way before they are your client. It starts with like understanding what they want to buy and who they're comfortable working with. And if you don't have a sense of that, like, I don't know. Like, I, I do think it's tricky, right? Because if you just don't have a palate, I can't just force you. I, I can't say everyone can develop that. Like, I'm not sure. But I'll tell you, you definitely won't develop it if you don't invest in experiencing it or even or just learning about it. Yeah. You yeah. know? And there, there's so many ways. Like you said, there's books and and there's all kinds of ways to just just pay attention. And, and it doesn't even have to be a luxury experience. No. It can just be going to, you know anywhere and and we all notice the difference and how it impacts us mm-hmm. when you're paying for anything it doesn't matter what it is and you're getting good experience versus bad experience and you know we're talking about uh, uh, someone's wedding day uh, something that is one of the most important you know milestone moments in someone's lives and everyone no matter how much they're paying you or you know what their wedding is like they deserve to be treated like the the couple, like yeah. the client, like it's, it's, it's their day and, and whatever you can do to make that experience more enjoyable for them and easier and more peaceful and more relaxing and, and more joyous like that, that's your job. Um, and I think across the industry, we can always continue to do better and do better and do better at that. And all this before you even deliver a wedding film. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Peyton, so I think a lot of people listening to the show, are probably really interested to hear from you just what the experience of going from maybe like a high-end wedding, like a wedding even at like your local Ritz-Carlton or just whatever luxury Yeah, hotel. nice, very great budgets, solid films, to, solid couples. To really getting into the luxury market. And there's there's a big difference between pr- those two um, as, as we've experienced and maybe touched on a hair with, with at least one of our companies. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about the difference between the two and, and just what that looks like for you on any given wedding day? Are you primarily shooting like 
multiple day events nowadays? Do you still do the one, you know, you fly in one day, film the day and then head out? Are you doing full weekends primarily at this point? Like what, what does your kind of workflow look like or does it vary? Yeah. So first off, I'll say that my approach to any wedding is the same. Even before I was booking, you know, higher, higher budget weddings or at a higher price port point, I knew where I wanted to go. I knew what kind of service that I wanted to be able to provide and, 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 you know, what experience I wanted to provide. So I started doing that first. And I think advice for anyone is, is just do that. Serve every client as if it's your best, most highest paying client um, ever, because that's how, you know, that's integrity. But um, yeah, so I'm typically doing multi-day events. Um, and and my process to those is I'll have one full travel day um, or, you know, however many full travel days it takes to get to that destination. Then a full scout day, um, this is a day no events, no filming is taking place. I might be shooting B-roll or, or stuff like that, but that's a full scout day. Um, and then the event starts. So that may be a welcome party, a rehearsal dinner, um, even like a pre-wedding couple session if, if they, you know, want to do that. Um, and, and then the wedding day, sometimes, a, a you know, post-wedding brunch or something. Um, but I think, you know, one thing that, you know, I approach destination weddings with a full scout day. I do that even if it's a local wedding or a semi-local wedding. I think that that's really, really invaluable to do if you can do it with the photographer, a great way to kind of connect and like talk over game plan, um, you know, not just to see what the light's going to be like, but also get an update on what's the venue like, like where are places that you can take them? What's the best place to, you know, store your stuff or, or to park, like just being really, really prepared. Um, the more prepared that you are, the better um, going into that wedding weekend and, and you know, what it, knowing what things look like. You know, it might be a venue you've worked at a year ago and you think you know it, but maybe there's new construction or all the plants died over here and, and you don't want to show up and like take your client there and then look totally unprepared by not knowing that. So, um, you know, that that's one thing that I, I kind of learned from doing destination events and, and apply to any wedding. I like that you you talked about all that preparation because so often people are like, well, I don't know how to justify X price, right? It's like, well, I can only charge so much for X video. And it's like, well, you're not selling them the video at that price point. You're selling them your preparation, the time to look at all that stuff, the time, like all of that has a value. Like, like to a couple that you are being prepared. And so- you know, quantify that, figure out what your process is and sell them your process. Don't just sell them a film. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like so Absolutely. many times people are just saying like, it's like me versus this person. And this guy's offering a five minute film for this price. And this person's offering a five minute film for this price. And which one do you like better? It's like, okay, you can sell that way, but you can also say, this is what I do to make that film. And that's the value of it. And I think that's yeah. really, really like you can articulate that. And I know that that's part of how you, it's part of your value to the couple that you're prepared and that you know what yeah. it's going to take. And I think that's, re- that's really good. Super insightful. So I know you got to go. So, um, before we go, I wanted to kind of just ask you one more question and, and unless Jared has one. Yeah. And I have time. You can each ask a question, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, so I, I think another thing that, um, a lot of people would be interested in is like the relationship with, with planners. Cause once you get to that, 
you know, level of, of wedding filmmaking, you know, planners kind of rule the world <laughs> uh, up there. Yeah. So like, um, what does your kind of relationship look like for them? Are you providing like social media, you know, assets for them? Like what, what are some, maybe some pointers for some people who are like, you know, I want to get in good with a planner, you know, I've known them for a little bit of time, but I want to be, you know, working their higher end venues. Maybe just give people like a quick tip on like working with a planner and, and maybe some things that you do that uh, make you stand out and, and make you Peyton Frank. Yeah. Well, I think just like with reaching out to the photographer and learning about how, you know, what their process is like, you should be doing the same with a, a planner as well. Um, you know, asking them how, how they like to work. Is there anything that, you know, I should know about how they like to communicate or how they would like for me to communicate with the, the couple, you know, uh, can we set up a zoom call? Can I email them without you? Do you want to be copied on everything? Um, you know, just how do they like to communicate? You know, how do things, um, work leading up to the wedding and as well as on, on the wedding day and, and afterwards as well. Um, you know, sometimes I'm delivering my films directly to my client. Sometimes I, I don't even have their email address. So I'm sending it to the planner and, and they deliver it. So I, I think also, you know, social media video, obviously to our benefit is so, so huge part of Instagram, part of TikTok, whatever your strategy is, but asking that planner, Hey, is there anything that you need or you want or would be valuable, um, from me that I can give you that might be, you know, Oh, do like a 15 second behind the scenes reel of me, just like adjusting the table or of me, like fluffing the bride's dress out before they walk down down the aisle. Um, it could be something tiny like that, but, but just asking and, and over delivering and going that extra mile to, um, serve that planner, just like they are your client because they are the client. They're the person who has the power to refer you over and over and over and over again to, um, their clients. People just don't understand how true that is. I, you know, I will say it's interesting is like, I do sometimes wonder if like, I'm just out of touch now like with the normal experience of most of the people who are like making wedding films. Cause I'm always like, well, do this for your planner and do this for your planner. And it's like, then I do a lot of consults and coaching and like a lot of people don't have any planners. And so I'm interested, like kind of, I think we're like, what would you say now to someone? Cause not to say that you're like, you know, the boss of wedding planners, <laughs> but what would you say to someone who's like, I don't know any wedding planners. Like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. You used to work for a wedding planning company, right? What would be something that would be a great way to kind of open that door? Yeah, I think I would just do your research and understand who are the wedding planners in your market or the market that you want to get into. You know, I know some people want to specialize in elopements where that's literally just the couple and a gorgeous destination and photo and video and, and they won't have planners, but, you know, maybe photo and video is more doing <laughs> the planning role, but otherwise there are planners and there's planners in your market and just do the research and see who's there and and see who, you know, maybe their style or their approach mm. resonates with what you would want to do and get familiar with their work. Maybe follow them on Instagram, interact with their their post in a really natural way. Don't DM them. Do not say, hey, I want to work with your clients. How can, you know, you refer me to your clients, something. Don't ask 
them to do that. Planners are very busy people, but um, be familiar with your market and then see, are there certain events that they're going to um, locally? Um, you know, when I was in Dallas, Fort Worth, there were just tons and tons and tons of events for um, the local market and get involved in those, go to those or offer to film them, um, you know, for free. Um, stuff like that, just to kind of start being in the room and and knowing who who's who and um, who you enjoy working with, um, because it can be really, really powerful when you find creative partners who you love working with and love collaborating, and they can help elevate your brand and business, but you can do the same for them. That's, that's really a beautiful relationship and invaluable relationship to have. Yeah. What what is it about Texas that produces the best wedding filmmakers? <laughs> uh, there is so much talent in Texas. It's it's a big state for sure. So and and you know I think we love our weddings in Texas, and there's so there's just so much talent here. Um, so I think it just breeds uh, such great community. Tapo Chico is it Tapo Chico? Yeah, and and Tapo Chico. <laughs> <laughs> My four year old just discovered Tapo Chico. Um, you know they don't do Tapa Chico at Chipotle anymore? I went in the other day. I was like, Ugh, yeah, Tapa Chico. They were like, that's horrible. The guy was like, what is that? I was like, what? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> I, my the kid, world is a worse place now. <laughs> my kid is like obsessed with Tapa Chico. Like, it's delicious. She, she loves it. So she's like, I love she that. says it in the cutest way as a four-year-old. Tapa Chico? Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, if you don't know about what Tapa Chico is, it's it's a seltzer water spring water bubbling mineral let's put water. it this way it's your first step into anything luxury is no it's your first chico. step into yeah. anything texas like yeah. my dad's my dad's from dallas mckinney texas mm-hmm. so okay. like like i'm somewhat a texan i'm a texan adjacent yeah um and i, I lived in texas for almost six years so yeah. I, f- I feel the same way yeah so anyway we love we love texas um yeah. and we've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of great filmmakers like you Peyton. Um, and so we're really, really, really grateful to have you on. I, honestly, really, really good stuff, Peyton. I'm super appreciative of it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's just so incredible to offer this research resource to, to people who, who want to grow. I mean, when I was in the start of my business, it was just all like YouTube videos and a podcast and like whatever that I could absorb. And, you know, not every single thing is going to resonate with you. It's really just finding what what speaks to you, what is in line with what you want out of your business and your life and your art and, you know, discarding the rest. But um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is really great. And if you haven't seen Peyton's work, make sure that you are going on to Instagram. Peyton, where can people find you, find your work? Yeah, Instagram's definitely the best place. It's just at Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, Frank. Um, I post there. I have so much work from last year to catch up on sharing. I was really just kind of in it um, that that I didn't, you know, share everything to my page. Um, So I definitely will be doing more of that this year and and have some really special destinations and and weddings coming up this year. Awesome. Definitely a person to follow if you want to be inspired and um, obviously cool person with a lot of knowledge. So definitely great. If you enjoyed this podcast, like I said, drop a like if you're watching on YouTube and go ahead and give us a little review and let people know that it's valuable and it's very valuable to us. And that's um, really just honestly means a lot to me if, if what we're doing is important to you and it's helping you that is that that's kind of why we're doing it so we really appreciate you guys if you enjoyed this one definitely help us out 
Hopefully you guys check out another episode of the Wedding Film School show coming up next week.